Hello. Welcome to Science Factual. Prepare yourself for factual download. Sequence commencing. Why, hello there, and welcome to the Science Factual Season 1 Recap Show. I'm your host, Reese Hendrick, and for today's episode, we'll be diving right into a roundtable interview I had with the first five and top five most listened-to guests who I've had the pleasure of nerding out with over the past year. Joining in on that discussion at Growler's Taproom on Southeast 82nd, we have Dan Weber from the first episode where we got into Star Trek The Original Series, Chris Hudson from Episodes 2 and 15 on Star Trek The Next Generation, Julia Corral from Episode 3 in Futurama, we also have Jamie Carbone from The Gods Themselves, that's episode 16, and Star Wars Part 4, that's episode 28. Noah Linsk from Neuromancer episode 21 and The Book Report. Joining us as well, we have Josh Trio from Black Mirror, that's episode 43. Juan Denmark from episode 41, where we got into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hunter Austin from Ex Machina, that's episode 13. Andrea Menchaca from The Stepford Wives in episode 24, and... Last but certainly not least, Elijah Meng from The Twilight Zone, that's episode 44. Now, I could get into a bunch of facts that I may or may not have glossed over or outright missed over the various topics we've covered across 50-plus episodes, like how Hook and Ladder number 8, Home of the Ghostbusters, is featured in Seinfeld Season 7, Episode 7, The Secret Code, where Kramer ends up driving the back half of a fire truck, or how Armin Shimmerman, who plays Quark in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, is also in Seinfeld as a caddy in Season 7, Episode 12, where he conspires like a Ferengi to sue someone with Kramer. Or how Jerry quotes Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, in the episode where George's dead fiancé's family starts a foundation on her behalf and puts George on the board. I guess outside of sci-fi, I mostly watch a lot of Seinfeld. At any rate, let's get right into this extended interview, but before we do, I'd like to give a major shout-out to the proprietor of Growler's Taproom on Southeast 82nd, Joe Rogers, for being super rad and supportive of the nerd and comic communities alike, as well as Joe Mishkin for the same. Life is always better with some brews and the Joes. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me. This is the Season 1 Recap of Science Factual. Hello. Hello. And you are recording, though, right? We are recording. Yeah, we're currently recording. Most of you are familiar with this mic. Um, We're here at Growler's Tap Room on Southeast 82nd, where Saturdays, uh, Scott II hosts the Tap That Showcase, which a lot of us, if not all of us, have been on at one point or another. Uh, Also, there is the Mic Afterwards, run by Ben Levy. That's episode 6, Blade Runner, that we did. We'll get into earlier episodes in a minute. And, of course, on Wednesdays, we have the weekly open mic hosted by Danielle Porter, who isn't with us today because she's on an awesome trip to Iceland. That's pretty rad. Yeah, seriously, I'm super jealous of that one. Um, But really, it's her loss because I'm sat here with the first five guests of Science Factual and the top five most listened to guests, plus Jamie Carbone. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking wow. Looking around the table, we have Dan Weber. That's uh, Star Trek, the original series for episode one. Hey. Dan, what's your Instagram? Oh, uh, at DanielTWeber.com. At DanielTWeber. We one, also. One B. It's real hard to oh, yeah, just, yep. It's German. Just that one B. Dan Weber, W E B E R. Yes. Uh, we also have Chris Hudson, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. That's episode two and part two, episode 15. What's yeah. your Instagram, Chris? Uh, it's at Creus, so it's C-H-R-I-E-E-S on Instagram. Very good. We also have Julia Corral. We have Futurama episode three. What's your Instagram, Julia? <laughs> it's uh, at the Mex in PDX, like the Mexican at the Portland airport. <laughs> right on Uh, also in that episode was uh, Danielle who we just mentioned she was Doctor Who for episode 5 and uh, Star Wars the original trilogy as well as Lee Tillman who's not with us we did episode 10 Sorry to Bother You uh, which if you haven't seen it is a super awesome movie we also have 
Jamie Carbone, uh, <laughs> who did The Gods Themselves, uh, that's episode 16, and Star Wars Part 4, all of the extra stuff, like the holiday special, the toys. We were literally a drop in the bucket. It we, was. We, I felt like we only gave three sentences to each piece <laughs> we, of media. There is a lot. Yeah. There is certainly a lot. Uh, Jamie, what's your Instagram? Um, it's at fuck Reese Hendrick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's at uh, a Jamie Carbone. At a Jamie Carbone. Yes. We also have to my right Noah Lintz yes. from the Neuromancer episode. That's episode twenty-one, as well as the book report. We do the book report that does sporadically. That does sound true. <laughs> it is true. That's true. Noah, what's your Instagram? Noah Lintz at Noah Lintz. Very good. Yes. Also joining us is Josh Trio. We did episode 43. That's Black Mirror. Josh, what's right. your... At, uh, at Trio No. Yep. O-H-N-O. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Next to Josh, we have Juan Denmark. We did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle franchise for episode 41. That was a super fun episode. Hell yeah. Juan, what's your Instagram? At Juan Denmark. J-U-A-N, like I'm Hispanic. Denmark, like, I'm from the country. You look like it. Thank you. Uh, we also have Hunter Austin. We did Ex Machina for episode 13. That was one of the first most listened to episodes. In fact, you're still number three for being episode 13. Uh, what can I say? Number one being Noah with Neuromancer. Number two being Black Mirror with Josh. Yeah, it was uh, in, I anticipated the episode would have such a turnout. So. Yeah, well, it had a great turnout. Yeah. Uh, Hunter, what's your Instagram? Uh, Hunter Austin Man, like a superhero. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was more like Hunter Austin. <laughs> Fair enough. We also have Andrea Menchaca. We did the Stepford Wise for episode 24, which I didn't think was sci-fi, to be honest. But I forced you to believe that's what I do with people. It wasn't a stretch, because it is very much sci-fi. It's a little stretchy, yeah. <laughs> Andrea, what's your Instagram? I don't believe in social media, no. <laughs> uh, it's chaotic control freak. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so dismissive of so many handles. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's not like mine is great. It's at Reese underscore comedy dot exe. It's marginally funny. We'll see. Sexy. Thank you. Okay, I'll go is for that. that. Supposed to be? No, it's a program. Yes. Yeah, you yeah, say the yeah. Yeah. Oh, not, no. <laughs> <laughs> Different X. It'd be funny if it was about sex. Question <laughs> <laughs> You should change it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that one's available. <laughs> also, bringing up the rear, we have Elijah Meng. Hi, Elijah. Hi. We did the Twilight Zone for episode 44. That was a good duo. Black Mirror leading into Twilight Zone. Solid lead into Spooky Month. Elijah, what's your Instagram? Uh, it's Elijah Mang XO. Oh, thanks for the kiss and the hug. You're welcome. I appreciate that. It's good to see you. That'll be thirty dollars on Cash App. Okay, I don't have Cash App. I'm sorry. You're off the hook then. Off the hook. Nice. You get kicked off of Venmo, Elijah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I got kicked off of Venmo. I don't be selling too many feet pics. I don't know what they have against me, but they don't want me on their platform, and I'm okay with it. it okay. Is what it is. Well, listening back to the first dozen or so episodes, even Ex Machina with Hunter, which is one of the most listened to episodes, I can't help but cringe listening to the quality and the flow of the show. I, I remember meeting up with Chris and just the difference between the first and second episodes. I was like, oh, I feel like I know what I'm doing now. And then listening to the first 20 episodes is just like, I want to remove them from the internet so badly because they are garbage. <laughs> that's all our website yeah. episodes, right? Yeah. Wait, yeah, that's right. This whole side of the table, if you could just leave, that would be great. Um, it's because of each of you being there in a way that I didn't necessarily anticipate. So I appreciate all of you for bringing your individual you know, flavors to the podcast because that, that is what it's all about. I mean, like, I, I couldn't possibly listen to myself talk more than I already do instead. <laughs> yeah, Andrea's like, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of don't believe that. I edit multiple hours a week, multiple shows. I mean, especially now with Noah, with the book report, and then this is an announcement with Matt Franco. I'll be doing something called Now Loading, where we're talking about just video games with a science fiction influence. So that's going to be dropping in 2023. There's just a lot going on. So the, the more, you know, like, that I'm able to 
meet with y'all and kind of gain different perspectives because you go into something like you have a perspective about a certain property, whether it be, you know, a comic book or a movie or a television show or what have you, the way that it's influenced you specifically, but to hear how it influences others has definitely been one of the most beneficial parts of doing this podcast. So I thank each and every one of you for being here, not only for this, but in general and being part of the Portland comedy scene. So Thank you for being a cool dude, man. Oh. And you want to bring tissues? So mainly you're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, mainly. <laughs> Thank you for having a microphone and a Subaru right in this episode. Yeah. I thought you were going to kidnap me at first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big guy, but it's hard to kidnap 10 people. It's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. No, I, I don't know if I could pull it off. So, you know, with that in mind, you know, the whole first episodes being not up to luster... Dan, I... <laughs> Dan. <laughs> you wanted to say, Esther, yeah. it's something else entirely. <laughs> so, don't be... I'm not trying... I shouldn't be a dick. <laughs> so being up to mustard, uh, Dan, Dan if, if you would be on part two of the original series, I would be thankful. Because I'd, I'd like to revisit the original series based on the content that I heard from the original episode. Sure, yeah. I love talking about Star Trek. Right on. Well, you are the elder nerd of this table. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> don't bring it up. No, okay. didn't see me. And you didn't have, you, you said anything. You you don't know. Know. Dan's only 23. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Everyone's the same age. That's the best say otherwise. Fair enough. Well, canon now. All right. Well, so I asked all of you this in our individual episodes, but we're going to go around, you know, kind of roundtable discussion I asked, what was your first exposure to sci-fi, which you may or may not have thought about it, or, you know, you've kind of you know, revisited some older stuff. What was your first exposure to sci-fi in general? Dan. Oh, uh, it was my Aunt Nancy. She was a big sci-fi fan, which uh, she was also Mormon, so... That works. That's the, the two things are both science fiction. <laughs> she was a huge, a huge Star Trek fan, and so she showed me those episodes. She also introduced me to uh, Lord of the Rings. She gave me the first, like, the, the, the Hobbit was like a gift to me when I was seven, and I just started reading all that shit ever since. Was that there and back again? Yeah. Like the, yeah. Okay. The original, the, nice. the Hobbit. <laughs> The, Bil the Bilbo Baggins story. Like, if we were going to do, like, a VH1 yeah. Where Are They Now, it would be the Bilbo Baggins story. Yeah. Right on. Uh, Julia, what was your first exposure to sci-fi? Uh, two years ago, I went to Eugene <laughs> to trek in the park. Oh, cool. No, I, <laughs> I, didn't know, I, didn't, I didn't even really think Futurama was that sci-fi. I read some books. Uh, I am writing a sci-fi novel. Hmm. That That's Greece cool. trying to take over. Oh, well, we talked about it. I, ta I, I talked more than I should have. No, but I, you know, I, uh, that's, that Trek in the Park was the one, what, Star Trek episode when the walls fall down? Darmok. Darmok and Jalada yeah, Tanagra. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was, that's your intro to sci-fi in general is Star Trek The Next Generation? Yeah, I guess I tend not to, uh, watch sci-fi. I don't really know, I don't, I... <laughs> Uh, well, I haven't been asked to be back in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you talking to you with me. That's, that's for sure. I know cartoons. Okay. Well, there's a lot of sci-fi animated, for sure. Chris, I know we talked about Star Trek The Next Generation. Is that that's your mm -hmm. intro? Yeah, I was uh, talking with Jamie about this, actually, before we were recording. My dad used to tape things off TV, and he kind of introduced me to, like, Star Trek Next Generation, um, Star Wars, because he taped the movies off TV, mm. uh, Babylon 5, those were the three big ones, and then The Fifth Element, which I watched probably, like, a thousand billion times. Fifth Element's a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Andrea? You have to help me say this. Well, first of all, telenovelas, that's not real. Um, <laughs> but is it the Bicentennial Man? Bicentennial Man? Slaps are very real. Yeah, Bicentennial Man, yeah, totally. Movie, I, I'd cry. I cried when I saw it in theaters with my parents, and my dad said, Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. That's exactly what I would say. <laughs> I would say. Only I can cry right now. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I And then later on, he did that other movie where he dresses up as a woman, and it's basically like the same thing, but non sci fi. 
This is Delphi. This is Delphi. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm now I'm cleaning up as a lady. Yeah. yeah, some say that Mrs. Doubtfire is a prequel to Bicentennial. That's exactly yeah. what I believe. Nobody can change my mind. <laughs> Not 11 nerds. <laughs> Bringing 9-11 into it. Awesome. Uh, Juan, what's your intro to sci-fi? When I lived in Georgia, I had a neighbor who lived in the corner of the cul-de-sac who was, whose entire family was entire, like extreme Star Trek nerds. Mm. Like their whole entire house was painted in Star Trek memorabilia. So I think cool that was my first. Yeah, it was. They were dope on um, Halloween too, by the way. Was, that's what made me think about them. But yeah, that that was my first introduction. I was like, why the fuck do people love this shit so much? And then I learned. Yeah. yeah. Well, people do love it. Yeah. That's true. We're going to be doing Star Trek trivia right after this interview, right here at Growler's Taproom on 82nd, Southeast 82nd in Portland, Oregon. Check it out if you're into Star Trek at all and you want to lose to some locals. <laughs> come on down Thursdays at 8 o'clock. Lumba's Bar is going to be representing Growler's 82nd super hard. We've yet to win. Josh, what's your first introduction to sci fi? Yeah, I'm going to have to steal the religious dance okay. intro. That's, uh, yeah, I also had that origin story. Uh, but with Twilight Zone. Okay. Yeah, cool. Sit us down and make us watch that. And scare us as kids. It is scary. Yeah. yeah. There was a monster on the wing. I, I watched two things before I fly. I watched uh, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet from Twilight Zone. And I watched High Anxiety with Mel Brooks, where he's a psychiatrist or psychologist who's afraid to fly. It's a Vertigo parody. Yeah. Oh, I take my answer back. Oh. Twilight Zone. Okay. Yeah. Great intro. Twilight Zone's a shit. But before you, because I'm older. <laughs> you're 23 everyone is everyone is 23 <clears throat> Hunter what was your introduction to science fiction um how when I was young I watched this movie called The Wing of Lears let's take that one more time a little bit louder yeah I was so excited to answer this question uh, you're also not talking loud I <laughs> well, only brought one microphone so yeah it's, it's over here though yeah it's a yo enunciate baby uh when I was young, I watched the movie The Langoliers. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? I, I can't say that I've seen it, no. It's, it's not a good movie. So okay. Don't watch it. Okay. But that's my introduction to science fiction. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Don't watch The Langoliers, as per Hunter Austin. Noah Lentz, what was your introduction to science fiction? So I had previously said uh, the X-Men, there was a specific chunk of X-Men that there was like these omnibus books of, uh, but no, I think actually Futurama also probably, I don't know how time works, but I think I probably watched Futurama before I read X-Men. Mm, well, time's not linear, so all right, you consumed Futurama at some point and also consumed... Futurama is really science fiction, though. Futurama will do, like, science fiction concept stuff. Futurama, yeah. It also references a bunch of science fiction. There's a whole episode about the lost tapes from the original series that's super funny, where the heads of the cast of the original series from the Head Museum are hijacked and brought to... Well, most of them. Well, most of them, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Jamie Carbone with the deep nerd cuts, always... One, also, one of my favorite bits, by the way, Jamie, is when you ask a random audience member... Three levels of being a nerd. Yeah, three levels of being a nerd. Let's hear it real quick. Based on... Me. <laughs> Basically, the joke is I just will ask... It's not a plan. I will ask audience members um, any question about like who their favorite superhero is to give them an example of the different kinds of nerds you can run into in the wild. And I have yet to be stumped by any superhero anybody has said, and I can do at least a minute-long rant as part of the joke about that particular superhero. I've heard it on, like, four superheroes. Yeah. I, uh, Batman's the easiest I've learned. Mm. Um, the hardest one ever, anyone ever threw out me was Blade. Mm. Uh, oh. But then I remember Blade has had, like, four TV shows. So I was uh, I was able to pull out a lot of stuff, but that is... Uh, it's fun. It's a fun It's a fun way for me to be like, hey, you know how I've spent the last 20-plus years of my life reading comic books? Um, finally, I can use that to make people laugh for a minute and a half. Well, Blade's also getting a revamp, which I'm super stoked for. Yeah, yeah, Definitely looking like forward to that. Jamie, since we have you, yes. what was your introduction to science fiction? Um, I think the last time I was on this, I talked about how it was Star Wars, but mm -hmm. I thought about it like a little bit more, and Star Wars was for sure my big introduction into like 
science fiction and like the future kind of concept, space science fiction. Mm. But my first real intro was probably um, the X Men animated cartoon. Okay. Um, Because that would have started when I was like four or five. And that was, I was addicted to Saturday morning cartoons, so I would watch whatever was on there. And I just don't think anything resonated as hard with with me as the X-Men did. Because there was like a a Cajun guy and an angry Canadian. It was just like so many dudes doing weird voices. And I was a weird kid. And then also they had superpowers. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'm here for it. And to this day, that is absolutely the superheroes I know the most about. Uh, Do X-Men? Oh, yeah, buddy. I could, I, once in a bit, someone was like, uh, can you name 100 X-Men in 10 minutes? And I think I got it done in, like, six and a half. Mm. I don't have autism. <laughs> what were you watching in the womb, though, like, before that? I don't know. My mom was probably watching Bob Seger concerts that she illegally taped. <laughs> How many X-Men are there? Infinite? There's so Infinite. many! <laughs> there, are, there are legitimately, there's probably, at this point, how long uh, do we want to be here? I feel like... No, we don't just X-Men. Are we including X-Sports, X-Factor, Minions? Like, mi- Minions. There's three... Minions! Minions that everyone knows. And then there's... Yeah, Stuart, Bob, Kevin, and one more whose name I can't remember. I get it. Um, sincerely, there's probably around 200-some of just X-Men. If you include all the ancillary things, it probably gets over 500. Over 500? Oh, for sure. If you include, like, X-Factor, New Mutants, everything, absolutely. I mean, they definitely. I never realized it was that extensive. You can tell that there's 500 because if they introduce new ones, the ideas are like bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like there, there's one guy who's got flesh made of Jello, and he's just a skeleton and a blob. Claw Kerman. Yeah. That's, and it, that's, that's his a name. And it's yeah. fucking dumb. It's, like, it's par- <laughs> his skin is paraffin wax, and he can be set on fire and run like the Juggernaut, and it fucking rules. That's the also does not. It's stupid. He doesn't have genitals anymore, and he's very self-conscious about it. <laughs> paraffin wax is the weakest type of wax, right? Yeah, but he has all this the bone structure, but basically, they just say it's paraffin. I don't know enough about wax to be like. What's the oh, wax that you I'm an X-Men bear, expert. and then you dip your hand in, and your parents pay twenty five dollars for, and then you have this weird hand that melts. Mm. That's what? Me- you yeah. never been in the fair and got like a peace sign. I've done this. Yes, it is a thing. This. Yeah, it is up. That thing. sounds rad, though. Anyway, well, anyway, imagine a dude made out of that. But it's like, how cool is that? It's like, it's the weakest person. No, he's a superhero. To be fair, he's just trying to live. Because now we're at a point where X-Men are like, we've run out, like like Dan said, I'm so sorry for hijacking. But like Dan said, there are so many superheroes that are, like X-Men, like, you can't have good powers anymore. So they've introduced this concept of people that are just trying to, like, learn how to live with their powers and have normal lives. And he was started as that, but he got made fun of for having such a dumb power. He ended up joining with, a mutant supremacist, which, granted, we've all made mistakes, but, uh, and then eventually he, uh, was a bad guy, was a good guy, was a bad guy, was a good guy, and now he's just kind of chilling as everybody's, he's like the big loser on X-Men Island, because all the X-Men live on an island now. Has anyone tried to cut him in half? Uh, he's been stabbed, he heals pretty quick. I would quick. love to The problem is, you can see his organs through the wax, so he's actually very easy to kill. Mm. <laughs> exactly, too. I've got to go pretty soon, <laughs> I can't. I could spend an entire hour making fun of all of just random X-Men. The Rooster Boy's name is Beak. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so, move, moving on from X-Men, uh, Elijah, what's your intro to sci-fi? Um, probably reading the Goosebumps books in elementary school. Okay. Um, we took accelerated reading courses uh, in order to advance to the next grade to ensure that your child wasn't illiterate. Okay. And basically, you had to have... So you're a, not? No, I'm not. I no, graduated okay. high school on time. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, so you would have to have a certain level of reading credentials to advance to third grade. And um, Goosebumps was a real easy slam dunk. The books are really thin, and mm. they're really interesting. Big shout out to R.L. Stein. I love that man. He's very attractive, too. Have you guys seen young R.L. Stein? No. Can't say that right. I have. That's no. just me. That's fine. Okay. Anyways, we can move on. I mean, on. I look What's, at, I look at what him. What does he look, what does he look like? Yeah, what, yeah. Can you <laughs> give a comparative? Vision of him. He's, Paint he's a picture. got a yes. real nice pair of lips. Yes. What's a nice pair of lips? No, we can move on. We can move on, honestly. It's okay. I address it all the time. You peaked our interest. Carl Stein is a great sci-fi mind. I love the shit that he continues to make. Great, great dude. Shout out Arl Stein. Shout out uh, book fairs. Yeah, I, I definitely grew up on book fairs, mobile book fairs. That well, was the thing. I think that was just yeah. horror. 
I feel like I've seen all these Horror and science fiction can be the same thing. Well, then, I've been a sci-fi fan. For a long time, yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Just not a nerd. That's that's okay, we got plenty at the table. Speaking of which, Dan, I know you're going to go probably because of that, but what is your desert island sci-fi? Like, if you were to be stranded on a desert island, what is the one thing you'd want to bring with you along with a TV that's able to play the medium that you're... Oh, so it has to be a show? It could be anything. Oh, okay. Uh, or, or a book. Yeah, sure. Any yeah. any sort of... Uh, uh, yeah. I think just for rereading, uh, it would be the Hyperion series. Hyperion? Okay. Yeah, solid. Yeah. I like the I like the Hyperion series. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. And, and they're very big and... Yeah. That yeah. first uh, Father Paul DeRay story or whatever, <laughs> yeah. that was grotesque. That was yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's got body horror. It's got, it's got the, the, the scariest alien in sci-fi in it. Just a dude made of razor blades. <laughs> that, that, is a, that is a solid. <laughs> that is a solid. He moves faster than he can. He can shift time. He moves faster than speed of light. He's fucking nasty. <laughs> yeah, that does step it up in the lexicon of science fiction villains Are you for sure. Even wax skin. Are you, yeah. <laughs> he does not have wax skin. I am sick of this Bob Herman. <laughs> no, he sucks, but I love him. Julia, I, I know that you don't watch or refer to much sci-fi, but. If you were to bring one to a desert island, what would it be? A book or a TV? Anything. Oh, well, my favorite sci-fi novel, book, novelette, novellette, short, short story, mm-hmm. All Summers in a Day. Oh, cool. Oh, it's about Bradbury. It's about this yeah. little girl who gets bullied in outer space. She goes, she moves to Mars. All Summers in a Day. Oh, yeah. it Bradbury's fucks a you up. Yeah. But I would take, I like, guess, Stephen King book so I can, like, roll up. Cigarettes or joints. Uh, but one to fill my soul, the other to get high. Nice. Chris? So we could bring like a series? Sure, yeah. Any franchise, any, yeah, any, any desert island kind of, yeah. Well, if you download it, you don't have to. Some heavy shit. Uh, and it would probably be TNG because I still watch it. Sure. Like, what is that? Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Because yeah. there's a um, there's a Star Trek Next Generation channel on uh, Pluto TV. They're not paying me to say this, but it's, uh, it's a free it's a free television streaming service. They have a 24 hour Star Trek Next Generation channel, and sometimes they put that on in the background when I'm like doing work. Yeah, with no interruptions either. No interruptions. It, it is fantastic. No, yeah. it just uh, it, they just play episodes. It is pure TNG. Yeah, shout out Pluto TV. This Somebody actually is now a. I'm going to pay them for this shout out. There you go. Because to, to roll TNG for that long. It's 24 7. They yeah. never stop. It's a brilliant thing. They never stop yeah. playing it. Also, Edward James Olmos, who's Mexican. That was Battlestar Galactica. Well, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> but that's a great series. That's a great series to bring with you on an island. The Battlestar Galactica reboot, yeah. I stand behind that choice. I need more representation. Yeah. You do. That's his best attribute or. that's a great series that's one of my favorites shout out shout out logan lockmiller for the battlestar galactica episode which i wish i asked him more about mormonism and battlestar galactica because they are very highly tied together and he is my favorite ex-mormon andrea what's your desert island sci-fi i mean i have an aversion to homework so i'm gonna say the bible so i can burn it (laughs) okay (laughs) just a Island by yourself, burn the Bible. Just rage, you know, just rip it into little bits. Can we get a collective Hail Satan? Hail, Hail Satan. Satan! Thank you. Thank you. Juan, what is yours? I in on the Hail Satan, I'm sorry. I That's okay. Either. Yeah, I also said that one. Is that the Catholicism? I, I can't. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm infiltrated you. <laughs> Last supper table. Uh, Listeners, he pulled out a cross. He sure did. Oh, oh God, my scam. You can hear sci-fi nerds burning right now. So, I'm not Christian, though. This is where it is. <laughs> Just the jerk for no A sacrificial lamb to society. Just in case. Yeah. Just that's a good call. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's so, a whole nother vibe. But so you also question. are you also bringing the Bible? Is that what? No, no, no you no, believe? No. Okay, stay away from the Bible. I'm gonna fight over okay. it. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my my counter question is: Am I on the island alone? Am I and am I going to die on the island? Yes, and yes. Okay, so yeah. then I need you guys as collective help. Is there sci-fi porn? Because if I'm going to be yes. alone, then oh, I'm going to oh, die. Yeah, there's there's TNG porn. There's the original yeah, series porn. porn. There's Fifth yeah. Element porn. There's What's your favorite one? And I'm going with that. 
I like sci-fi porn. I think it's weird parody stuff. I don't like it. Well, maybe it's because what? nerds wrote it. I'm no, it's, I, the problem is it's not, it's not nerds who wrote it, so they're not loyal to the original. That's very, that's so, that's so true. That's very true. The Seinfeld porno, George never fucks. George fucks all the time. All right? Let me just put that out there as well. So working at a porn shop, we have oh, many yeah. Oh, yeah. porn parodies of science fiction. Perfect. And the next generation one... Bucks, <laughs> literally and figuratively, like it is actually pretty well made. They have background noise of from the Enterprise, so I, you know I, I, that was a layout. You actually work at a porn star. I completely forgot about that. Worked. Thankfully, now I no longer cleaning up the comms. Thankfully, now but uh, well, well, not professionally. So at least. George never fucks is your favorite one. <laughs> no, well, no, that's, the, that's the that's the Seinfeld porno. Oh, no, okay. uh, no uh, Picard fucks finally in the Next Generation we porno. Have, we yeah, we've all been waiting. He finally gets Jamat Haron. That's true. He's always been fucking. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he does. You know, on the low, like there's not even a you know like it pan. So loud to me when I'm talking. <laughs> Everyone keeps telling me to talk louder. What's that now? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Picard fucks. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's true. He's always fucked. That's true. Uh, Josh, what's your desert island porno? I, I mean... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be weird, yeah. I was, was going to go with Beast Wars. But okay. Hey. Is that the porno or the side? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I've actually been looking on where I can like find it. It's probably on Hulu or something lame. But, uh, yeah, I grew up with Beast Wars. I haven't seen the whole series as a, like... Episode by episode, because then you, when you're growing up, you just watch it every Saturday. Sure. So you see the ones you see. Or when you're allowed to. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You miss them. Fair um, enough. Yeah, that's I have a question. What's up? <laughs> Do you want the follow-up Beast Machines as well? Is that where they go to the second planet? Yes. Yes. I do want that. Okay. Because it continues the story. It does. Is it Sibians? Or are we... McDonald's toys. They go back to Cybertron after being on... I'm so sorry. Everybody, this is important. Actually, <laughs> they go back to Cybertron after being on Earth for three seasons of Beast Wars. They get to Cybertron and they find out that like the whole planet has been like abandoned and basically their animal forms are no good. So they have to fight. And and somehow Megatron got there before them and has become like some kind of evil warlord over the whole planet. And, and all of his dragon. robots are drones. Yeah, he becomes a dragon. Um, it's it's very pretty, but uh, they made Optimus Primal like a weird hippie, and he like doesn't like to fight, and that's that's that always bothered me. Mm. Forgot about that aspect of it, but stop saying you're sorry. You I need to know the story. <laughs> I I have no one in this room will ever be hot for me because of everything I said, <laughs> and that is my ego can't handle that. You know, Amanda, I'm sorry, but Jamie, hey, this is you know, Hello. look, you're you're peaking my interest over there, oh my. friend. You know what? You know, you know what? <laughs> Should we go? Yeah. <laughs> Can we wrap this up, please? Yeah, this is... Let me make sure this is recording. Okay. <laughs> is it recording? Yeah, no, it, is. it is. I did this once. To I... me? Yes. I and, first of all, this and, and also to Ben Levy, there was one other time that I was not recording about halfway in and I realized it and I was like, oh, great. Can we do all that organically again? That'd be great. Noah, what's your Desert Island sci-fi? I mean, okay, so I think I've realized that it also has to be, uh, like, either either TNG or DS9, mm. because I think that the question inherently favors something that there's a ton of hours of. Yes, like, there oh, are for not, sure. There are not, like, how many hours of Star Trek are there in any one of those shows? There's 37 seasons of Star Trek in general. So, so yeah. There's a lot. There yeah. I mean, like, you know, so, like, I feel like that's almost cheating on, like, a genie wish level to be, like, you know, on the one hand, someone else will say a book, but then it's like, oh, you could have a thousand times as much forever. It's, it's, you're getting away with murder on a technicality because of the logical, okay. Well, here on Science Factual, we can get away with murder. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jamie. (laughs) I was laughing at nobody laughing. Thank you. Yeah, no, I figured as much. Elijah, what's your Desert Island sci-fi? Um, probably uh, Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. Okay. A book. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. Noah Lentz said that you shouldn't bring a book on a desert island with you. Well, I'm going to reread that book over and over again. 
You know, I think it's really interesting. It's fantastic. She did an excellent job with Frankenstein. Yeah, that book is the shit. Mary Shelley, big fan. Major shout out to Mary Shelley for for basically starting a major genre. I mean, I like there are a few instances prior to Frankenstein in the general generally accepted idea of what is science fiction. Yeah, I, there, there are standoffs. You know, like like that. If you were to really contextualize it in a modern sense, they would qualify as sci-fi. But Frankenstein, and I use that as a differentiator. When people say what is sci-fi versus what is fantasy, mm-hmm. I always say Dracula, fantasy, Frankenstein, sci-fi, because it relies on that pseudoscience. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's definitely a a good qualifier and solid desert island sci-fi yeah i took a course in high school called science fiction and we had to read that book and then the teacher told us that basically mary shelley was in a group meeting with her author friends and they were like let's try to write something and then by this time we'll see what we have and then she fucking turned out frankenstein yeah yeah they, they were on a lot of laudanum uh, in, in a uh, retreat at the home of, of the friend of Percy Shelley. I forget the homeowner's name, but... Was it Lord Byron? I think it was Lloyd yeah. By- Lord Byron, yeah. And they had a contest, basically, like, who could write the scariest story? And what won out of the three of them was Frankenstein, for sure, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Jamie, what is your Desert Island sci-fi? Um, so I... I get bored if I have to reread the same thing a bunch of times. Okay. So, do I? Is it just one medium of a certain kind of sci-fi? Like no, not at all. Die, so. Yeah. No, yeah, I wanna, bring, no. I want to have fun. Everybody dies. You can you can bring the whole franchise of something and the device required to participate yeah. in the medium. I'm taking all Star Wars media then, baby. Okay, nice. I've been meaning to do it for years. It seems like the perfect time to do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading every book, every comic. I'm listening to all the audio plays. There's I'm, so much. I'm re-watching all the movies. I'm watching Andor because I haven't gotten around to that yet. Mm. I'm watching all of it. And then once I'm done, I'll probably do it a couple times. <laughs> and then I'll die. Okay, yeah. nice. Right on. But Star Wars is... But are uh, you going to wait till after Rogue Squadron? Because that's coming out soon. You know, I mean, I don't know how this metaphor works. Um, this don't hypothetical put situation. Don't danger until the latest. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll avoid all planes and boats until I finally <laughs> see the perfect piece of Star Wars media. Yeah. Um, don't get like, on. Don't get on a plane with a volleyball anytime soon. I can make that promise. Um, <laughs> but no, I just I love Star Wars. Um, even when I got burnt out by the last trilogy. Um, I still, like, that changed it from, like, I would do anything for Star Wars to being, like, I love Star Wars. I just don't love it as much as I used to. And I feel like if I got back to reconnecting to a bunch of the things I love, like the old Joyce cartoon, um, I would uh, find that love again. I just wouldn't watch fucking Rise of Skywalker. Well, seeing your face light up when we were talking about the intricacies of the holiday special was one of the finer points of my life. I would rewatch the holiday special just one time. Just once. It yeah. sucks. It fucking sucks it's shit. Horrible. Holy it's the fuck. worst thing that's ever it's been It's so made. bad. And there's a horny bear at one point. I hated it. But B. Arthur was pretty funny. Yeah. And I love B. Arthur. R.I.P. to a legend. Mm, indeed. Moving on from B. Arthur. Julia, what is coming up in your comedy schedule? Let's let's hear where we can hear you deliver the ha-has. Oh, I have a bunch of stuff. I run uh, three shows a month. The Comedy Growl. I have one in Stitches. You can follow me on Instagram at the Mexican PDX. I'll be performing. Uh, yeah, my my favorite show is Late Night. It is uh, called the Comedy Crowd. It's at Lalo Tavern. It says nine o'clock and it starts at nine forty-five ten. Uh, the second and fourth Thursday, and it is wild. It is. I love the Lalo Tavern. It's a great venue, great show for sure. So check that out. Chris, what's coming up with you? Uh, well, every first Friday at Funhouse Lounge, leave your troubles at the door. Leave them. And you come in, the audience comes in, you, podcast listener, come to the show, you write your troubles down on little slips of paper, you put them in a box, and then they end up on the TV, they pop up, uh, and comedians have to riff jokes off of them. It's a really fun show, there's some exciting, 
exciting develop. Sorry, Star Trek is getting loud. Uh, a, it's Deep Space Nine, so it's okay. Uh, there's some exciting developments happening with it, and uh, yeah, just check out my Instagram. I got links to everything on there uh, at Creus C H R I E E S. That is how I read it when I see it. Yeah, yeah. Creus. <laughs> yeah. That really is a fun show of your worst nightmares to see your troubles on the TV screen. <laughs> yeah, aired out in front of an audience yeah. of people. Sincerely, my favorite show happening in Portland. Right Seriously. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Shout out Funhouse Lounge for all of the comedy and all of the... <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's because they didn't like me when I did it. I was too mean. Uh-huh. Well, why were you mean? <laughs> because as Mexicans, like, that's how you give advice. So I thought it was an advice show, and that's the only advice I'd ever It is part me. of our culture to be shitty to each other. Yeah. Oh, you have a problem? Shut up. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> if you translate it, I did amazing. And if that's <laughs> I will translate it for you. <laughs> well, Andrea, what's, what do you have coming up? Uh, I'm gonna do Telltale again. That's actually nice. like how we met. That is how we met. That was yeah. a really fun lineup that time. I mean, we all bombed, but fun, <laughs> fun green room. Yeah, no more than me in the green room. Yeah, that was. A... It was a difficult show for everybody. So I'm gonna do that again. I'm gonna be dressing up for love because the theme is we deserve a party or something like that. Okay. To offset the nerd thing that just happened here, I gotta go do some girl- girly shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm going to do a drag show on the 26th. Not myself, but I will be there. <laughs> I'm not going to drag. You myself, can drag. But what? <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. Juan, what do you have coming up, bud? Uh, I'll be in Olympia, Washington, the 14th. And I'll be in Auburn, Washington, the 26th. And if you want to get up with me, just follow me on Instagram at Juan Denmark. And if you support Afro-Cuban Americans, follow me at Juan Denmark. Or be racist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't be racist. <laughs> Don't be racist. Follow Juan. Josh, uh, what do you have coming up? Oh, I uh, broke my nose yesterday, so... It looks like it. Oh, oh, I know, shit. Plasty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, book me, you cowards. Uh, <laughs> find me on Instagram at Tree Oh No, and until then, I'm gonna keep paying my bills by doing guest spots on OnlyFans. So. Nice. Yeah, he's he's got a voice for radio and now a face for radio, so hey. he's <laughs> making it happen. And he's got a great OnlyFans too. That's true. Yeah. Uh, first to answer the Desert Island question. Can I tell you I noticed you skipped him. I noticed you skipped him. I just didn't say I noticed you skipped him. So, Hunter, what do you have coming up in comedy? Well, you said any medium, so, I mean, I would have to take the Halo series. And then I'd play online and tell someone that I was stranded on an island. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. <laughs> or you know, I tell someone online to like play me some other kind of movie, you know. Mm-hmm. So Ghostbusters. Oh, so option number two. Very good. Who are you gonna call? Hunter Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Ghostbusters. That's that's an optimal solution. You just yeah. called it, man. That's a very, yeah. very uh, sound decision. Where, what are you doing with comedy, though, uh, besides at, the Desert Island shows? I'll be at the Comedy Cellar in New York. Nice. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you, you're opening for... Uh, uh, Adam Sandler. Got it, yeah. <laughs> He's getting back into yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ten years ago. <laughs> I'm not even going to let you answer the question genuinely now. Noah, what do you got coming up in comedy, bud? Nothing. Mike's. Oh, yeah. Mike's. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we had him during a strange land episode. Yep, we got the book report <laughs> coming out. Yeah. Book report, chapter three coming out, Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert A. Heinlein. Yes. That was a deep-ass dive on that one. Uh, That'll be released in the next coming weeks for sure. Elijah, what do you have coming up in comedy? Um, I'm going to be in Vancouver, Washington on the 5th of November, and then I'll be in Seattle on the 11th and the 16th, and then I'll be right here on the 82nd. I'm tapping that on the 19th. Very cool. On the 19th of November, so yeah. Very cool. And uh, what was the first one you said, sorry? Um, In Vancouver, Washington on the 5th. I don't know when this episode airs, hopefully... Um, it will be able to keep that show yeah. by then. It's gonna nope. air. It's gonna air two days after you are oh, at Underbar. All right. But it, it, so is that Black Bag? 
Um, no, it's not. Oh. It's it's it was a place called Hawaiian Vapor. A dude, Donovan Hetzel is putting on that show. Very fun lineup. Got funny people. Cam Strong's on there, I believe. A lot of fun people on there. Shout out Cam Strong. Cam we did an episode on Akira. That was a super fun one. Also, the Patty's Mike Sundays at 8 p.m. Definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. All right, Jamie. You know, I'm just doing the cool things. Uh, next Friday, or the 11th, I'm doing Les Stand-Up at the Siren Theater. I'm doing... on it. The... You are? I thought it was all uh, trans and non-binary comics. And gay. And you. Oh, and so it's queer-friendly. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, the show was called Trans Am, so I just assumed it was people <laughs> who were transitioning into something. And then after that, on November 13th, I'm doing uh, You Ought to Know at 4th Wall PDX, where, uh, it's a, for those of you that don't know, it's a great show run by Amy Sinclair, where people just talk about something that they are uh, very knowledgeable about, so I will be talking about, <laughs> sincerely, the X-Men. <laughs> um, and then, uh, the rest, those are the only shows I'm That's really the perfect about. show for you. Uh, I'm so psyched. I think I'm just going to leave sticky notes uh, with every X-Men's name on them, and then just point at audience members, tell me to read who their name is, and then just go on a quick rant about yeah. each character. That is solid um, crowd work. I'm insane. Um, and then, besides that, though, you no can watch everything else. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, everything else, I've got uh, a pretty busy November, so if you want to check me out and hear me rant about nerd shit, go check me out on Instagram at Carbo. Check them out. Uh, we've got everybody here. Moving forward on Science Factual, we have the season two opener with Michael Garcia. We all know Michael Michael Garcia. He recently did the Dark Arts Festival, as well as Forgotten Fantasies over at Fourth Wall PDX. So I'm super stoked to have Michael on to cover Altered States. Do we know Altered States by chance? It is a relatively rare science fiction, almost B-movie, almost B-movie. Altered States is a awesome movie from 1980 where a psychopsychologist experiments with drugs plus a sensory deprivation tank and has visions that he believes are genetic memories. That sounds amazing. It is. Yeah, it's got a lot of really weird god imagery and there is a ayahuasca ceremony in there. It's pretty intense. <laughs> totally. You want to do that one with us? Just kidding. I mean, I want to do the uh, drug part of the watching a random. I, I would, you know what? I have a lot of reservations about ayahuasca because you're going to throw up. Let's like, hear like it. There's... Oh, I'll do it. True. Yeah, I just. I'll do it. Yeah? Julia and I are going to do the research on the floor. And the fact that you want to deny us, we're Mexican. We can handle it. This is literally what we do best. So we're canceling season two of Science Factual. <laughs> <laughs> it is not all about drugs. Yeah, right. Yeah. One episode will come out next because year. I have a fear of driving. I've never driven a car for more than two minutes. And I think ayahuasca will save my soul. What the fuck kind of sentence is that? <laughs> I've never driven a car. Ayahuasca will <laughs> save me. Because I have a fear of driving. You think it... Uh, and I don't have time for therapy, so but I have time for, for ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. So it'll, it'll just make you a really driver. bring you back down to the fundamentals, and then you can build yourself up as a driver. Does ayahuasca make you a better driver? Is that one of the side effects of it? You Usually, you have to do it and then drive. Fears? I think, is that not how it works? Yeah, yeah, it strips away all your fears. Much like season two of Science Factual, I'm, I'm, I have no segues. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, taking a look at the monthly format for season two, we're going to do the following. The first week is going to be a guest comedian, much like all of you. The second week is going to be a Shady Pines Radio DJ crossover. So I'm going to be tapping into my Shady Pines Radio family and having some DJs who we all know and love step in and talk about their favorite science fiction. Week three is going to be yet another comedian. And then week four, I'm going to be introducing a new segment called Decade Dives. Starting in 2023, I'll be covering a decade per month for the year. For instance, in January, I'll be doing from the late 19th century all the way through to the turn of the 1920s. Then in February, I'll be doing the 1920s, March the 1930s, April the 1940s, and so on and so forth. So... Definitely looking forward to that. Also, we'll be doing the Doomsday Clock Obsessive Comic Disorder crossover episode following up on episode 17 that I did with the very funny Jake Silberman. Uh, That drops this month in November. Also, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but announcement as per now loading with Matt Franco. Uh, We're going to be launching yet another podcast where we review and play science fiction-influenced video games with local comedians. 
So I'm definitely looking forward to playing some video games with y'all in 2023. Also, the book report is going to be launching multiple chapters in 2023. Coming up next is Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert A. Heinlein, followed by Ubik. Yes. Do you guys read a book and then go chapter by chapter? Is that what that is? Well, the episodes are referred to as chapters, but we read a book and then we review it. Yeah, it's basically a two-person book club because that's all we can muster. (laughs) (laughs) Also, major shout-out to Growlers here for everything that they do, both for the comedy and the nerd community alike. Growlers! Go Joe, go Joe. Thank you, Joe Rogers. That's episode 36 on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, After this, I'll be repping Lumba's Bar in the weekly Star Trek trivia showdown that takes place here every Thursday starting at 8, 830. Uh, It's a super fun time, and there are nerd prizes. If only Dan didn't have a gig that he had to head off to, we might have had a chance at winning this week but it's hands down the best Star Trek trivia on 82nd Avenue in Portland on Thursdays at 8 o'clock. Definitely check that out. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you. Love you guys. Thank you for making the first season of Science Factual extra special. I look forward to seeing all of you on stage soon, and here's to another year in the books. Yeah. Thank you, Reese. Science Factual. There were sparks earlier, so I wanted to capture like, okay, I'm done, you can stop. Unless you like this. Also, did I talk too much? I'm sorry. No, no, it's uh, perfect. I didn't talk too much, it was me. By the way, Lumba's Bar finally won a trivia after we wrapped the interview. It came down to a tiebreaker pushing the extent of my Trek knowledge, but yours truly came through with a correct answer in a quick draw. We came away with the spoils of some original series trading card packs, which are now proudly displayed among my other nerd trinkets. Well, Season 1 has been an immense learning experience, and looking back over the past 52 weekly episodes, I've learned a lot about myself and the topic of science fiction which has enthralled me since my youth. I'd like to thank Brian, Callie, and the good folks over at Shady Pines Radio for providing the platform on which I'm able to share my research and passions with you good folks, as well as all the guests who have taken the time out of their lives to chat with me about sci-fi and comedy alike. Over the past year, those guests have included... Dan Weber, Chris Hudson, Julia Carell, Melissa Thomas, Daniel Porter, Ben Levy, Tyus McCowan, Kyle Adams, Kelly Irwin, Lee Tillman, Ben Harkins, Michael J. Phelps, and shout out to my father's place for hosting the weekly mic and Michael for having the mic sponsor the podcast. I appreciate everything you do for the community, buddy. We also have Hunter Austin, Sabrina Contreras, Jamie Carbone, Jake Silberman, Imani Dene. Hewitt Packenstecker, Rochelle Cochran, Noah Linsk, Leroy Furwood, Logan Lockmiller, Andrea Menchaca, AJ Valentine, Amanda Lynn Deal, Gene DeWeber, Cam Strong, Matt Franco, Dennis Cruz, Brandon Wayne Little, and thank you, buddy, for being there since the jump, Lucas Kopp, Joe Rogers, Hannah SK, Adam Posse, Sam Bass, Dylan Jones, David Kildall, Juan Denmark, Josh Trio, Elijah Mang, Aaron Harleman, Charlie Arnell Jr., the Creasy Crashley Brothers, Jasmine Nothing, Sagan Genesis, Billy Chambers, and Seth Allen. And of course, all of the venues around Portland that host the mics and shows at which each of these amazing performers get to work their craft. Come to think of it, this list totally looks like it could be for any given mic here in Portland, which is pretty rad. I'd also like to thank my wife and research partner Amanda for being incredibly supportive and patient throughout this process and for being a sounding board when I need it the most. As you know, Shady Pines is a community-driven radio station fueled by passion and talent, and your donations. If you love 24-7 access to amazing content, make a donation to the Shady Pines Radio Patreon page by visiting patreon.com forward slash shadypinesradio. Now, in the interview, I talked a bit about the upcoming show format structure in 2023 for Science Factual, but let's take a look at what the rest of 2022 has in store. Season 2 opens up with a humdinger of a movie and guest. That would be Altered States with Michael Garcia. That episode airs Tuesday, November 15th. 
We then sit down with Mary Grawl to cover The Fringe on November 22nd. Super stoked for that one. On November 29th, Cody Webb and I take on Demolition Man. Then ringing in December, I sit down with Rowdy Jamaudi Rodriguez for a dive into the first Marvel property we'll be covering, Deadpool. Following that episode, we have Paper Girls with Jeff Parks on December 13th. On December 20th, I get to talk with Jeremiah Coughlin about one of my favorite short novels, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. Can't wait to get into that dick with Jeremiah. Then for my birthday, I get an extra special treat because Joe John Sanchez III and I are going to have aliens for breakfast. That episode will air on December 26th, the last episode of the year. Looking forward into 2023, you can expect new format changes, new episodes of The Book Report with Noah Linsk, and a new podcast in the fam called Now Loading, where Matt Franco from episode 33 on the Dark series and I review and play video games with local comedians here in Portland. It's going to be a blast, and we will be a twitchin', so keep your peepers peeled for that 8-bit content. You know, it's become sort of a send-off to have the guest comedians said at the end of each episode, which is something I didn't start until after the first episode. So I think it's fitting that we check out of here with this super funny set from Dan Weber, guest from the very first episode of Science Factual, where we barely broke the surface on Star Trek the original series. Definitely going to have to come out with the part two on that one. In the meantime, enjoy Dan's set from the final round of the Portland's Funniest Person competition held at Helium Comedy Club right here in Portland, Oregon. I just want to say for the record, in spite of my appearance, I am a firm believer in consent. That's a thing for me, everybody. Get it out there. <laughs> I turned 51 a few weeks ago. No, did tried so hard not to get here. But it turns out when they say the drugs will kill you, not a promise. Did you know that? It's just one possibility out of many. Another one is this. You could just end up like me. They didn't even tell me which drugs, so I just did my favorites. I did a ton of mushrooms and acid. It did not kill me. It just made me super goddamn weird. Like I would sip kombucha at a Slayer concert. That's kind of the vibe I'm giving off. It's not true, though. Kombucha's gross. It tastes like Muppet piss, right? Drinking kombucha tastes like you're getting R. kelly by Grover. It is not okay. Oh. <laughs> a bit much, huh? <laughs> I'm adopted, clearly, and uh, people say shit to me like, how would you have felt if you'd have been aborted, right? I'm like, well, I'd have felt like you saved me about 51 years worth of hassle. <laughs> I'm not saying, okay. Clap for me dying before now, all right, I get it. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm sad to be alive, but if something had come to me in the womb and said, hey, Dan, spoiler, your name's going to be Dan. <laughs> Here's the entirety of your life. Do you want to live it? I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Bust out the Cuisinart, son. Get me the fuck out of here. I don't want to do it. I kind of think of my life like a Netflix movie I accidentally clicked on. Like, I wouldn't have started it if I had a choice, but now that it's on, I just want to see how it turns out. <laughs> so I'm a pretty nerdy guy, in case you don't have eyes and can't see, a nerdy dude. 
I'm nerdy enough that I have my favorite rocket ship. <laughs> it's the Space Shuttle Challenger. Does anybody remember what happened to the Space Shuttle Challenger? Ooh. <laughs> Here's how it went. Cool, cool, fucking amazing. It was great. It was a rocket that flew in the air and blew up. We call that shit fireworks, and we love that shit. And when I was a young man, I got to watch a $5 billion bottle rocket blow up at 10,000 feet. And when that happened, I laughed as hard as I've laughed in my entire life. I laughed so hard I got detention for it. I don't know if you remember, but there was a teacher that won a trip on that space shuttle. And as she was getting on, they did a close-up of her face, and the look on her face said, this is going to be the greatest moment of the rest of my life. And she was 100% correct. Holy shit. <laughs> and yeah, it's sad she died, sure. But she died on a rocket ship. Every single person in this room will die. None of us will get to die on a rocket ship. If you ask me how I wanted to die 100 out of 100 times, rocket ship. I would love to detonate in the stratosphere and scatter my ashes all the way across the eastern seaboard. And if that's not your answer, maybe you're the psycho, not me. By the way, that teacher was an alternate. The original passenger of the Space Shuttle Challenger was supposed to be Big Bird. Can you imagine how fucking horrifying that would have been? All the Sesame Street characters there to see him off. Bert and Ernie just holding one another, weeping uncontrollably. The Snuffleupagus just ceases to exist altogether. And the cow just compulsively canning, burning yellow feathers as they fall from the sky. One, oh my god, two, oh no, what's up, three, can't help himself. I think the weirdest part about that joke is how much I know about Sesame Street. It's built in, you know? Much like everyone else during the quarantine, I got really into true crime documentaries. I think my favorite was a show called The Last Dance. It's the story of a man named Michael Jordan who attempted to murder the entire NBA for damn near a decade. And the one big takeaway from that documentary is just how psychotically competitive Michael Jordan was, which is why he was the saddest man in America when Kobe Bryant died. Because if you don't remember, Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter accident, and now Michael Jordan can't die in his sleep. Do you know what I'm saying? He can't go out like a punk. He's got to go out like a champion, right? I think the only way he can do it is if he slams his plane into his yacht, and then... Then it'll be the greatest death of all time. The dote. The G on that is silent. Uh, it's Swedish or something. Folks, this is Michael Phelps, host of Father's Favorites and the Comedy Open Mic at my father's place, conveniently located at 523 Southeast Grand Avenue in Portland, Oregon. Mic sign-ups are Fridays at 8.30 p.m. Come on by for some awesome breakfast food, great drinks, and the best comedians Portland and the Pacific Northwest has to offer. In the meantime, make sure you follow Science Factual on the socials. That's at Science Factual Pod, as well as Shady Pines Radio for amazing content 24 hours a day, 8 days a week. Download the app today wherever you procure your apps. You're listening to ShadyPinesRadio.com. Here's the lineup for Tuesday. Starting at 8 a.m., Science Factual with Reese Hendrick. 
At 9 a.m., Emotional Weather Report with Jamie Stewart. Beat Salad with Mason O'Brien at 11 a.m. At noon, The Blue Hour with Blue Corbidae. Northwest Comedy Hour with Emily June at 1 p.m. At 2 p.m., The Prague Hour with Reagan Lindy. Your Own Private PDX with DJ Squiffy at 3 p.m. At 4 p.m., Cosmic Taco Beach Shack with Big Papa Warrior. No Dancing Please with L. Ron Hubbard at 5 p.m. At 6 p.m., Anything New with Shorty L. Toasty Tunes with Alex Toast at 7 p.m. At 8 p.m., Radio Seance with Your Psychic Friends. At 9 p.m., Fresh Unoriginal with DJ Wineglass. Turntable Talk with Chili and Bass at 10 p.m. And at 11 p.m., Taking Drugs to Play Music to Take Drugs to with Shampoo Douglas. No matter the day or time, you've picked the right time to listen in. Thanks for listening, and tell others. Hey, boys, right?